tuning in to Microbiome Matters, a podcast for healthcare professionals and researchers brought to you by Yakult Science. This podcast aims to share latest research and insights from experts about the science behind our gut microbiome. Hi, I'm Nev. And I'm Britt. And we're the hosts of Microbiome Matters. Before we get started, we'd like to say thanks for tuning in, and we hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you're enjoying listening, we'd really appreciate if you could rate the Microbiome Matters podcast on your streaming app and share it with your friends and colleagues. This will really help us to reach more people. That's it from us. Back to the episode. Hi, I'm Niv. And I'm Britt. And welcome to the Microbiome Matters podcast. Today we have with us Professor Mike Gleason, Emeritus Professor of Exercise Biochemistry in the School of Sport, Exercise and Health Sciences at Loughborough University. He retired in 2016 after 40 years of research and teaching, mostly related to the diet, metabolism, health and performance of athletes. He had a particular interest in the effects of diet and exercise on the function of the immune system and is a past president of the International Society of Exercise and Immunology. He has provided advice on minimising risks of infection and nutritional strategies to maintain immune function or boost performance and recovery to numerous sports clubs and organisations. He also co-authored several books on exercise biochemistry, sports nutrition, exercise immunology and published over 200 research papers in scientific and medical journals. Today he'll be talking to us about immune function and gut health in athletes. Thanks for joining us Mike. You're very welcome. Looking forward to it. So we all agree that regular moderate exercise provides several health benefits, including reduced risk of chronic disease, acute infections, improved mental health, and more recently, increasing microbial diversity of the gastrointestinal tract. However, we see a slightly different pattern when it comes to high volume training. Could you summarize the effects of high volume training or overreaching on immune function? Yes, certainly. Um, Essentially, very prolonged bouts of exercise. So we're usually talking uh, bouts in excess of 90 minutes duration generally have a depressive effect on immune function. And that's due largely to the increases in the levels of stress hormones like cortisol and increased production and secretion of anti-inflammatory cytokines from white blood cells like interleukin-6 and 10. These essentially can produce a temporary depression of immunity, generally of the order of about 30 to 40% below normal over a period of say 3 to 24 hours uh, after exercise. When athletes perform sort of periods of intensified training with higher training loads than normal and no rest days in between successive days of training, that can actually depress immunity even more than that. And uh, this effect can increase susceptibility to infection. But we also have to remember that hard exercise training also has other effects. It can uh, cause, obviously, fatigue. It can depress mood. It can impair an athlete's sleep quality and the amount of sleep they get during the night. And it you know, increases overall life stress. And with competition looming, there can also be increased worry and anxiety, 
uh, and that you know is a form of psychological stress. And of course, possibly for international competition, athletes might have to travel uh, long distances by air across multiple time zones, and that results in jet lag and interruption to their normal eating and sleeping routines. And essentially, all of those factors in combination with the hard exercise and in some cases actually related to the hard exercise uh, can actually lower immunity in athletes. So it's a combination of stressors, including the exercise, that are probably responsible for what we see as an increase in infection rates during periods of hard training. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear how all of these different factors contribute to immune function in athletes. So we've all heard of aerobic and anaerobic exercise. Could you tell us what's the difference between the two and in particular how that's related to immune function? Okay, well, as an exercise biochemist, I'd have to correct everybody on the terminology to begin with. In the anaerobic exercise, which is actually a misnomer because no exercise, you know, occurs without the use of oxygen. And Well, particularly exercise, anything lasting more than a second or two is going to be a mixture of anaerobic and aerobic metabolism and essentially all forms of exercise that last more than one to two minutes are going to be predominantly uh, aerobic using oxidative metabolism uh, to burn the fuels. So anaerobic exercise being very short-lived, intense but brief, essentially has very little impact on immune cell function but it does temporarily increase the uh, white blood cell count, maybe up to a, essentially a doubling of your normal white blood cell count is, is possible, but very little functional effect and probably a very brief effect that dissipates after an hour or so. So um, if we do moderate aerobic exercise, in contrast, uh, lasting less than 90 minutes, you know, it's just a reasonable training session, you might say, uh, well, that does actually seem to improve some aspects of Uh, immunity as well as producing some small increase in the uh, white blood cell count and if it's performed on a regular basis in other words about you know three three or more times uh, per week it can result in uh, uh, individuals then getting fewer infections so there's clearly some benefit there people who are physically active tend to get about maybe two-thirds of the infections that a normal sort of sedentary person might get, for example, over the course of a year. Um, However, if you do more prolonged exercise, so in excess of 90 minutes, continuous, and particularly if it's without food intake, that can depress for immunity for several hours afterwards. And as we've just discussed, you know, these athletes who are doing that on a day-to-day basis with limited recovery, you know, there's those that are involved in very heavy training loads, they often report a higher incidence of infections and those are predominantly affecting the respiratory tract and some might affect the gut and other areas of the body as well. So we have heard now about the differences with immune responses related to exercise intensity and duration, but are there individual variations as well? And are some people more susceptible to infection than others? And could you tell us why this is? It's essentially down to our genetics. You'll appreciate that, uh, you know, we see lots of individual variations in various aspects of our physiology that are influenced by you know, the genes that we've inherited from our 
from our parents. So that actually means that in terms of infection as well, another body system, the immune system that's regulating and uh, protecting us against that, it means that people, some people, you know, actually naturally more prone to picking up infections or developing symptoms of infection than others. And for some, it'll be the symptoms will be worse and for, for longer than others. We know also that if you're overweight, and particularly if you're obese, uh, that's generally associated with getting more frequent infections. And as we've seen with this recent or current uh, COVID-19 pandemic, in certain illnesses like that, being uh, overweight or obese uh, could actually result in you getting uh, more severe symptoms, much in fact life-threatening symptoms in, in some cases. And this is because these uh, poor outcomes arise because being obese puts you in a pro-inflammatory state. So that means your immune system can actually over-respond and cause excessive inflammation and tissue damage when you get infected. That's really interesting to hear. And some of those factors might be related to diet. We know diet certainly has a role to play in ensuring optimal immune function. Our audience would be aware that certain micronutrient deficiencies can hinder our immune system. Beyond ensuring nutritional adequacy, what would be your top nutritional strategies to counter exercise-induced immune suppression? Well, firstly, it would be to eat a a balanced, healthy and uh, diverse diet. But as for supplements, the best evidence is for probiotics and vitamin D and possibly phytonutrients. And also for taking on board some carbohydrate while you're actually exercising. Providing, of course, your main reason for exercise is not actually to lose weight. So you've just mentioned about vitamin D and probiotics and phytonutrients. Uh, But what do we know about the mechanism of action for these nutrients? Um, And in particular, probiotics. Yeah, well, for carbohydrate ingestion, it's simply that uh, if you have to take that on board during exercise, you help to maintain your blood sugar levels and that reduces the stress hormone response. So you don't get as big a rise in cortisol than you otherwise would in the fasted state. For vitamin D, we know it increases the synthesis of antimicrobial proteins, which protect us against bacteria and viruses. And it also switches on many of the genes that are involved in immune cell functions in our white blood cells. And it also improves our tolerance to microbes as well as resistance to them by reducing inflammatory responses to to, uh, infection. Phytonutrients are known to have several antioxidant, anti-inflammatory and antimicrobial actions. You get these from a diet that contains lots of non-starchy vegetables and fruits, which of course also gives you lots of vitamin C as well, which is another sort of anti-infective supplement. And that diet also actually provides uh, plenty of fibre, which is the major nutrient for our gut microbiota. In addition, probiotics themselves can influence the gut microbiota and the immune system in the gut. And those effects can transfer to other mucosal sites, including the lungs. And that explains why some probiotics have been shown to reduce respiratory viral infection incidence or decrease the severity and duration of illness symptoms when we do get infected. Well, it's fascinating to hear about the impact nutrition can have and the role it has to play. How about non-nutritive factors? What other precautions can athletes take to reduce their risk of infection or upper respiratory tract symptoms? Well, essentially we reduce our risk of infection 
either by doing various things that limit the transmission of pathogens like bacteria and viruses into our body, or we can do things like eating a good diet to make our immune systems more robust or tolerant of, of microbes. But really, nutrition is just one factor in affecting immunity. Uh, rest and good sleep quality and quantity, and also minimising psychological stress are also very important for healthy immunity. Other factors, as I say, are sort of related to reducing our exposure to pathogens in the environment in which we live. So that you can take to mean things like good personal hygiene, washing your hands regularly, um, avoiding sick people, in other words, what we've come to learn as social distancing, and wearing a face mask. And, you know, all of these can be just as important in reducing our risk of picking up infection. And of course, those things about reducing transmission, we've all become familiar with through all the information we've had from government and other health sources, uh, you know, during the current COVID pandemic. Um, so you mentioned reducing psychological stress, and we know that there's been a lot of research on the gut-brain axis, really a hot topic for research. So could you tell us a bit more about how psychological stress modulates immune function? Yeah, well... Yeah, it's another form of stress. You know, physical exercise is a stress. Psychological problems are also uh, a stressor. And these stressors, both exercise and psychological, all reduce or increase sorry, our stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol. This can lead, in the case of psychological stress, you know, it's something that tends not to go away. So it tends to be result in a chronic depression of immunity due to chronically elevated cortisol levels and that itself can increase susceptibility to to common infections like the common cold and influenza and psychological stress we know now can also influence the balance of the gut microbiota uh, you know in our in our intestines it seems surprising but there is actually a bi-directional communication link between the gut mi- microbiota and the brain both either chemically from the uh, metabolites that are produced by the gut microbiota which can be sensed by nerves and also nerve impulses in the other direction influencing the gut microbiota Uh, and this in turn can affect immunity because of the links between the gut microbiota and the immune system and that itself can result in some altered uh, risk of infection which would be increased in the case of additional stressors. Thank you. That's really interesting to hear about that interaction with the gut-brain axes and um, the immune system as well. We have one last question to ask you. We always ask all of our guests on the podcast, what is one thing that you do to look after your gut? I'm going to slightly cheat on this one because I'm going to say actually a combination of two main things, diet and exercise. So firstly, eat a a diverse, uh, balanced diet but high in protein and fibre. So it means it's going to have a low energy density, but it provides you with plenty of protein and fibre, which are the two major nutrients that our gut microbiota need to be in a sort of happy state. And we know that kind of type of healthy diet provides both good sources of nutrients for the gut microbiota and also ensures an abundant, diverse and healthy bacterial population. And that seems to be nowadays recognised as being so important for many aspects of our overall health. 
what new research is showing is that doing regular moderate exercise actually augments that effect of good diet on the gut microbiota. So you get a double whammy of goodness with your diet and your exercise. So that's what I do. Eat that kind of diet and get some regular moderate exercise every day. Great. And what kind of exercise are you more interested in? Uh, well, it's usually fairly moderate intensity, nothing more than really brisk walking or hiking up and down hills and that kind of thing. And the occasional, maybe once or twice a week, game of tennis. It's nice. But thank you for telling us all about exercise, immune function, athlete health, and also touching upon different factors that can affect immune function. You're welcome. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. For more information and to sign up for future episodes of our Microbiome Matters podcast, go to yakult.co.uk forward slash HCP.